But we went from high tech. We're going the exact opposite. <laughs> we are going as low tech as you can get. Yeah, I heard about this brand from a podcast that I listened to. And I had to try it out because the host of the podcast loved this product so very much. Uh-huh. He said it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Goat Milk <laughs> Soap. Wait a minute. Are you serious? Yes. Goat milk soap. Goat milk soap. Hi, this is Gene, a Clydesdale and big ass runner from the Great Lakes state of Michigan, welcoming you to the Big Ass Runner podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. And now, here are your hosts. Sevens on the Enneagram, but number one in our hearts, Jeff Harrell and Stephen Pritt. Well, Gene, that was an awesome intro. Seven on the Enneagram is 100% correct. Number one in the hearts, not sure about that one. Well, maybe, but we appreciate the sentiment anyways. Stephen, we have a lot of listeners up in that area. Denver, he's not in Colorado. He's up, up in that area. Yeah, we actually do. And I think it's actually a really nice area to run. You know, they actually have trees unlike what we have here in Texas. So yeah, thanks so much, Gene, for doing that. I know that you're a lover of eater of nachos. Oh, nachos are delicious. Yeah, I don't know how you balance that with being a certified nutritional coach, but I'm sure there's a good recipe out there and you can balance both of those things. Well, welcome to The Big S Runner. I'm Jeff Harrell. And I'm Stephen Pritt. Stephen, believe it or not, this is episode number four. 47. I love it. Number 47. I feel like, well, Jeff, so we started this podcast almost a year ago. So we're coming up pretty close to our birthday, right? That's right. I think about six more episodes. Is that right? I can't do math. Maybe five more. I don't even know. Wow. We need the data scientists. (laughs) We'll do some tabulations and get back with everybody. (laughs) Well, I'm very excited about this show, Stephen. You know, we do one of our favorite segments called Why I Run. Mm -hmm. We do two-part series, and this is part two. We're going to hear from Sheila, and it is awesome. Yeah, Sheila is a favorite of ours. She's always commenting on Instagram and keeping us in line, which I greatly appreciate. Yeah, if we had favorites. We don't don't have favorites, but if we did, it would be Sheila would be on the list. Yeah, she would be in the Hall of Fame for sure. (laughs) (laughs) And in segment two, back by popular demand, Stephen, it is one of your own segments. It's called Stephen's New Ass Stuff. Yeah, we haven't done this for a while, Jeff, and we have five new things that you and I both love that we thought we would explore. It's a common thing we do where we want to spend our hard-earned money to do research for our listeners. So much research. So much research. So we go out there and we do that as a service for you. And we actually have five new items for you guys that we think you'll really like. Very excited about that. But before we get to the episode, Stephen, Uh I have a tale. This is a tale of grit, a tale of determination. (laughs) Whoa. A tale of courage. I went to the dentist this morning. That is a tale of determination, perseverance, and depending on how much plaque, grit. <laughs> That's right. Lots of grit. Lots of sandpaper right. needed to get the. No, I went to the dentist. And by the way, I like going to the dentist usually. And what I think about is the dentist fixes all the stuff I should have been doing all along, mm-hmm. like flossing. I don't, that's like one of the most awkward conversations because 
It, to me, Jeff, it's one of the only times as an adult where somebody <laughs> asks you a question and I always feel like a kid. They're like, so, you know, they're checking you out and they're like, you know, how are your teeth? And so you've been flossing, right? And it's an ethical question. And usually I kind of make a joke like, well, you should know you were there last. <laughs> so that's something I feel like I'm just like a little kid. Like I'm getting caught with my hand in the cookie jar because I don't floss very well. I don't either. But when you go in the cleaning and they polish, you feel so good when you leave. You're like, okay. I've done something good for my teeth. Well, this was not the case. Really? A couple of observations. Okay. First of all, I feel like dentist tools have not kept up with technology. <laughs> They're a little barbaric. Oh, my gosh. So here's what I had to do. I had to get a crown uh-huh. and two fillings. That's a lot of work on you today. Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> I was not prepared. So I go in there, and I'm thinking a crown is just something you pop on top of the tooth that's kind of jacked up. Right. And the fillings, I've had fillings before. So I'm thinking this is a 30-minute right. kind of deal. I'll walk out with you know with a crown <laughs> and some new fillings, and off I go. And a little sticker saying, no cavity club, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. A lollipop, which seems to defeat the purpose. <laughs> So I go in and he's like, okay, you know, we're going to have to deaden the area. We're going to use the Novocaine. And he's got this syringe and it does. It looks like it was made in the medieval times. It's forged out of steel. It's like three (laughs) feet long. Have you seen this thing? Yeah. It's like one of those movies from from like the Civil War where like, we're going to have to amputate your Exactly. Right. And he's three feet away from me. And I'm thinking, how is he going to, with any accuracy, point that needle into my very delicate gums? Right. How's that going to happen? He apparently has done this before because he was was pretty accurate with it. Right. But I'm just thinking, these tools do not seem like they are up to speed with the rest of technology. Yeah. I think they're metal, like you said. And the way that they display them it's like they're proud of it it's like on this other metal piece of thing it's like am i being tortured am i being like is it like one of those spy movies where i get to pick which one and then i end up spilling all my guts exactly and by the way again i love dennis in fact (laughs) ashley one of our good friends i think is in that world in that space so we love dennis we're not saying we don't love dennis it just seems like they're tools of torture right need to be updated yeah so I go in, they do the numbing of the gums, and you get that weird feeling like you can't feel your mouth, which is just kind of a weird sensation to begin with. Right. And then they put this thing in my mouth that will keep my tongue and my mouth open. Uh-huh. And it's like that. You see Top Gun when they're in the flight jets, and they've got that thing over their face, and they're able to breathe with it. Yeah, yeah. It looks like that, except they stick it inside my mouth. <laughs> It's like very uncomfortable. So it's not the Maverick Iceman look that you're you're going for. It was not the look I was going for. I was almost gagging on this thing. And I'm sure it's necessary. But man, it was obtrusive, Uh intrusive, whatever the right word is. Protrusive. (laughs) Protrusive. And so they start their work, right? They start going. And you know how they've got that water jet thing? Oh, yeah. They shoot water. You know, it's like waterworks all of a sudden. Right. Water splashing all over the place. And then they've got the little vacuum that sucks up the water. (laughs) A little Dyson for your mouth. Yeah. Except it doesn't get all the water. So what happens is water starts to build up in the back of your throat. Yeah. And you're like, I can't swallow this because I don't know what's in it, first of all. <laughs> and second of all, I may choke and I've got all this stuff in my mouth. So I, I mean, I feel like you're being waterboarded. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> I was very uncomfortable. And then I'm thinking, okay, they're just going to pop a crown on. But you know what I start to hear, Stephen? What? You know what? I start hearing this noise. 
Oh my gosh. They're drilling. They're starting to drill. They're starting to, they pull out the meat grinder and they're starting, I'm like, what are they doing to my tooth? You just got to put the little crown on there and they start drilling the sucker. I got to turn that down. It's making me, it's, it's making, it's making me cry. I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting uncomfortable. I'm starting to check my mouth and feel my jaw right now. So that goes on for what felt like four hours. It was actually an hour and a half, but it felt like four hours. And at the end, they felt, okay, we're done. They pull everything out. They pull the Top Gun thing out of my mouth. <laughs> and then she's like, okay. And so I'm starting to go, okay, I want to feel what this crown feels like on my tooth because there was a lot of tugging. There was a lot of yanking happening during this hour and a half. There were different sets of pliers going in. <laughs> Different prodding devices. Right. And I'm like, okay, I went through all that, and I'm really excited to see. And so I run my tongue along my teeth, uh-huh. and where my crown's supposed to be, there's a stump. It's like a tooth stump. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most awkward feeling I've ever had, because I'm expecting this glistening tooth, and there's a stump of a tooth. They had ground my tooth down to a stump. <gasps> And here's my lesson. Right. I didn't ask enough questions. (laughs) (laughs) Because apparently they take a mold of your tooth. Uh Uh-huh. That mold then goes off somewhere and creates a new porcelain tooth. Oh, so you're getting a whole new... Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Four weeks later, it comes back. (laughs) It doesn't instantly appear like I thought it did. Right. And so I've got this temporary crown now on my tooth. Uh-huh. And my I guess my pretty tooth is off at some <laughs> farm being created <laughs> out of porcelain, a <laughs> tooth farm. And so I just I'm like, Jeff, you gotta ask more questions. I get because he said, Do you have any questions for me when he came in? And I thought, no. I'm out of, be, I'm out of here in 30 minutes, right? I'm, I'm on Enneagram seven. This will be great. It'll be fun. I'll have a new tooth and some fillings, <laughs> and it's awesome. The other thing that I recognized is I think the dentist is a good dentist, but right. they, I think they, while they're in their work, they uh-huh. forget that you're there uh-huh. because the dentist and the hygienist started having this conversation <laughs> and I can't quite hear it all because of the drilling right, and the vacuuming and the water spewing everywhere. Right. But every once in a while you hear, oh, that's not good. <laughs> I'm like, is he talking about me or is he talking just in a conversation? Right. And then, I heard, then I heard this. Oh, it looks like it got melted. Like, wait a minute. What melted? What's in my mouth that got melted? Right. And the last one was, I'm not sure we can fix that. Like, oh, man. I think they were talking to each other, but it sounded like they were talking about me. Right. They just forgot I was there. And you can't talk back and you can't ask questions at that point in time because you got the Top Gun thing in your mouth. You got the Top Gun. And so here's where the tie-in, though, to trail running. Okay. So I'm sitting there, Steven. I'm uncomfortable being waterboarded. They're grinding my tooth down to a stump. I can't talk. I've got the, the Top Gun thing in my mouth. I'm uncomfortable. Uh-huh. And I thought, you know what? I've been uncomfortable before, Steven. That's true. <laughs> Any 50K I've run, I've been uncomfortable. Yeah. And you just kind of go, okay, I'm going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. This will, it seemed like four hours, this will be over at some point. <laughs> I really did. I thought, I'm a trail runner. I can handle this. This yeah. is no big deal. And I just started thinking about something else. Uh-huh. Kind of like what Dr. G said. I'd like, let those thoughts go somewhere else. Right. These uncomfortable thoughts. Thought about good things. Before I know it, off I go. And you're done. It was, it was great. 
So that's my little field trip to the dentist. That sounds like you could insert alien abduction in that and not put the word dentist in there. It sounds about the same. It was quite quite the experience. So again, we love dentists. <laughs> I should have asked more questions. It probably would have gone better for me. I would have understood what was happening. But that is my dentist story, Stephen. So with that, let's get going on episode number 47 of The Big Ass Runner. Well, Stephen, as we've said, why I run is one of our favorite segments. And I think it's because everyone has their own why. And to get to hear from some of our listeners as to what their why is for why they trail run is quite an honor, actually. Yeah, it really is. And with the podcast, we've always wanted this to be a podcast for the everyday runner. And so it's not like we're interviewing elite athletes. I mean, we've got great athletes and again, nothing against their athletic skill, but this is just everyday people like you and I sharing why they go out and do hard things. It's not like trail running is an easy sport. I mean, it's, it's difficult. Like you were just talking about dentistry. You got to persevere. You got to push through pain, but to hear why people do that. I think we all relate to that, even if it's not necessarily our store specifically. Exactly. Exactly. The Sheila is from the great city of Fort Worth. Yeehaw! Sister city to our city here in Dallas. We're north of Dallas, but Love Sheila. She's got a great story. So here is Sheila's Why I Run. Hi, this is Sheila from Fort Worth, Texas, and I'm proud to have been part of the Big Ass Runner Herd since it first began. In fact, I have no problem with Mondays because I know when I wake up, there's going to be a new episode waiting. When Stephen and Jeff reached out to me and asked if I'd share my personal why I run, I was honored intimidated and apprehensive all at the same time. I've heard some really great stories on here, and while I treasure my own why, I was uncertain if I'd be able to communicate it, but I'm going to give it a whirl. At the beginning of 2010, I weighed about 70 pounds more than I do now, and unlike now, there was no muscle involved. I had one of those moments one day where it just clicked and I knew that I was going to change myself. And I did, beginning with my eating habits. Shortly after that, I met a friend who began hammering me to go run with her. And I always refused because I had absolutely zero desire to run. One day she called and I didn't answer because I knew what she wanted. So she left a voicemail saying, you can hide but you still have to run. So I muttered some of those words and joined her simply to get it out of the way and hopefully shut her up. She actually started me out running up a hill, but I still managed to fall in love with it very quickly, in fact. And when she moved back to Rhode Island the next year, I just kept running. I've always had a very addictive personality, and those addictions had never added any value to my life. Running was the first thing I'd ever done where that tendency actually benefited me. I soon began to find a strength that I didn't know existed inside of me, and building that strength into an actual strong 
became my healthy addiction. It helped me evaluate the other things I'd been clinging to that were actually quite valueless and leave them behind one by one. Eventually, I added cycling to the mix because I'd trained improperly for a few years and accumulated some injuries. I just really didn't know any better back then. I wasn't training with a coach or a group or anything. When I ran my first full marathon, I assumed it was a one-time-only sort of thing. And you can't see me right now, but I'm rolling my eyes. Right after that, I took a few swimming lessons and signed up for my first triathlon, which eventually down the road culminated into a full Ironman race where you run the marathon at the end of your race. In the meantime, I had begun working as an employee for the Cowtown Marathon Race Organization, which is located here in Fort Worth, and was volunteering some time as a pace coach, helping others to train under the direction of actual legit coaches, of course, mostly in the half marathon distance. All of that kind of led me to some burnout for road racing. And that's when I ventured over to the dirt and the trees on the trails. Um, I began buying trail running gear instead of road shoes and swapped the majority of my triathlon cycling for mountain biking. Each January, I set goals for myself, and most years I get derailed by some kind of weird accident that sets me back, and it tests my willingness to work my way back to doing what I love. Uh, A couple of years ago, it was a head injury. Last year, it was a back surgery, but my love for this sport is very strong, and my carrot will always be to just be able to run carefree through the trees. I decided to devote this season to just trying to push my ceiling a little bit higher. I recently ran the Grand Canyon rim to rim by myself because I simply needed to feel a level of hard while relying only on myself. It was important to me because I needed to feel strong and to overcome those voices that lie and tell me that I'm never going to be good enough to conquer this goal or that goal. Most of those voices are internal, but there have also been some external ones. I believe very much that our past traumas try to dictate our future paths, and they lie to us, and they tell us that we're incapable, that we're not enough, or we're going to fail because we failed in the past. Trauma tries to make us feel scared. It lies. It says it's safer to live in comfort, taking no risk. In my case, turning to food for every emotion that came along. Running, on the other hand, tells trauma to go bite the big pickle. I mean, how can you feel weak when you finish a trail marathon like Pike's Peak? I do realize that each time I do something that requires me to claw or fight to accomplish it and then leaves me crying from the sheer joy and gratitude of having conquered my own mind and body, that that feeling is going to eventually fade and I'm going to be looking for something else to tackle. But I also realized that I could still be that person I was 11 years ago who looked for fulfillment in food or drink or theology or possessions or whatever, instead of something that brings me health and joy and most of all, strength. So I continue to learn how to use my fears 
and my demons as fuel to keep the savage inside of me moving forward instead of allowing it to serve as an excuse for self-pity or laziness and addiction. This sport, trail running, has connected me to so many positive people and has transformed my relationships. One of those sweet souls sent me a song when I was in panic mode this spring because I'd pulled a calf muscle and had broken a toe while training for my Grand Canyon run. And the lyrics to that song say, so keep on saying I won't and I'll keep proving you wrong. I'm going to run. No, I'm going to fly. I'm going to know what it means to live and not just be alive. Say I won't. And as long as I remember that I can never allow myself to evaluate what I am doing based on someone else's scale, then I know that I have everything I need to just keep on building my own personal strong. And that is my why. Stephen, that was great. And you can see why, a little bit of why we love Sheila so much. I just want to say, wow, wow, wow. I mean, I'm sitting here, we're writing stuff down, as Sheila, as you're talking, and there's so much wisdom in there and so much perspective. I mean, I don't even know where to start on some of this. This is this is really amazing. I think one of the common themes we continue to hear is at the beginning of her story, it is someone else kind of spurred her to get out, you know, it's, it's that doing life with, mm-hmm. she had that friend that said, you're getting out here. Yeah. You can not answer the phone if you don't want to, I but I'm, I'm after you. <laughs> I love that. Like we all done that. We're like, okay, it's that person. We're not going to answer. And she just couldn't escape from that. So yeah, I think that's, what's important. You know, it's interesting, Jeff, you know, when, when we hear these stories and Sheila's is no different, nobody says, you know what? I was born a trail runner and I've always been a trail runner. We all get to it in different ways. And Sheila, thanks for talking about, you know, like you had other vices and and how you were able to take that and apply it for the good, you know, of trail running and then the difference it made. I mean, just to hear that and to not deny who you are, but to use that part of you in a positive way and to feel that. I mean, good night doing Ironmans and all the things that you're doing. If you guys don't follow her on Instagram, you, you definitely should because it's a lot of adventures. And then one thing that stood out to me, Jeff, is not being satisfied to where she is. Like when she's talking about doing the rim to rim, like she wanted to do it by herself, for herself, to experience that, but to push herself. And that's really impressive. I mean, sincerely, it's impressive, not in just the athletic feat, but the mental fortitude, but then to put yourself in that position and to follow through with it, so many good benefits. You know, it's a very healthy thing to do. So massive respect. Yeah. I think that's one thing that we have continued to hear and learn from trail runners is, and people ask us all the time, why do you, you know, why would you want to do a hundred K? And it's this idea of continuing to challenge yourself and do really hard things. And I love what Sheila said about not listening to those lying voices mm-hmm. that tell you they're both internal, as she said, and external. Right. Why would you do that? You can't do that. That's crazy. That's You're going to get hurt. You're going to get injured. It's not good for you. And to put those lying voices aside, sometimes people mean well. Right. But to put those aside and say, no, this is why I'm doing it, is to challenge myself, is to get out of my comfort zone, to grow, to become a better version of myself. Yeah. 
I think that's so important. I always say it's like learn to doubt your doubts, you know, kind of thing, because you're right. There are a lot of people externally that will say you can't do things. We've had different people, you know, listen to the podcast, you know, people saying, well, you you, you don't have the body to run this or that. Or I mean, some of that stuff is just absolutely insane. So not even just to prove people wrong, but just to ignore that doubt. You know, we, we have enough of it as our own inside our heads. We don't need that from other people. And I think to your earlier point, Jeff, when you surround yourself with positive people who encourage you, which is like a lot of the trail runners, like even Sheila mentioned, you can do much better things with that group. Well, last thing I'll add, one thing I love about Sheila is I feel like, and we have never met her. We've only met her through the podcast and through Instagram. We are going to meet her one day soon, though, because she is just across, I was across say, the metroplex. She's not super far away, right? Yes. Is when she said, you can't see me, but I'm rolling my eyes. She'll call us out on stuff and call us <laughs> knuckleheads. So I could totally see her rolling her eyes. Yeah. No, that's one thing we love about her. So we're looking forward to having some pizza with you and maybe running over in your neck of the woods. But Sheila, sincerely, thank you so much for just sharing that vulnerability of why you're running. And I think your examples and, and your why will help a lot of our listeners. So thank you so much. That's awesome. And great job on all your achievements. And as she said, tell comfort to bite the big pickle, the big papa. Eat the big papa and we'll see you later. <laughs> well, with that, that is Why I Run. Well, Stephen, one of the things we love to do is to give shout outs and kudos to the big ass runners out there just getting it done. Who do we have this week? So, Jeff, this week we actually have Rachel and on Instagram, she is Rachel underscore S underscore 85. And she's been a follower of the Big Ass Runner podcast on Instagram for a couple months now. And just all out amazing person. Get this, Jeff. She is a student in mass communications. A PhD student in mass communication. She could teach us a few things. Yes, we can barely talk. So I think she could probably help us out. So we might need some coaching there. But she's just actually really doing a good job. She loves all things outside. She's an athlete, an avid runner. And imagine balancing that and trying to get your PhD all at the same time. It's actually quite impressive. And she does share the podcast on her stories quite often, which we really appreciate. Yeah. Well, anyway, well, really great job and just super encouraged by you balancing all of that out there, Rachel. So we wanted to say good job. Congratulations. And once you get your PhD, please hook back up with us and let us know how to communicate better on podcasts. Teach us a few things. Well, way to go, Rachel. Well, Stephen, back by popular demand, and it's just such an amazing service that we do for the big-ass runners out there. We serve, Stephen. We try new stuff, new gear, so that the big-ass runners can learn. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it, it is an act of servant leadership, honestly. That's kind of how we how we feel about that. I don't know. That's how we justify it. I don't know if our wives feel about that with the budgets, but but we try to get out there and just really serve the community. And so we actually have for some of you guys that are new or maybe just listening, these are products that Jeff and I like and that we actually physically own that we've paid our own money for. Hard earned money. Most of these have not been donated, although one we will talk about one of them. One special one. Yeah, one special one. That's one we're gonna start off with. 
with, but these are ones that we've tested. We actually own, we like them. So we'll, we'll get in there. So Jeff, the first one is actually a pair of recovery sandals. I love recovery. Yeah. So one of our friends, Chris on Instagram works for this company. And again, you're going to have to correct us if we got it wrong, but we believe it's pronounced Ufos. Ufos. Yep. And they're really great sandals. I actually had another brand, not this one and try them on and they really hurt my feet, but I really wanted something that after you're running that you can put on to have on your feet that's cushiony to support your arches. And there's actually a lot of science behind this, Jeff, of when you put them on, it's actually less prevention of getting injuries and stuff and helps you recover quickly. And so we have these slip-on sandals that are called, the ones we have are the sports slide sandals. And these things are so comfortable. You just slide them on and whether you, you have socks on or just your bare feet. But this weekend I went out and ran some hills and did about six miles. And as soon as I got done, even before I drink more water, I'll put these on. And it's just like, ah, and it's not that running shoes are bad, but you just feel supported. And I usually just typically wear them on Saturday and Sunday around the house. You've got them on now, actually. I I literally do. I, I have them on right now and they're very comfortable. So this is something not only did we, that did Chris give us, but I've had another pair of these types of ideas and they hurt my feet. These are amazing. I love them. I would purchase them anytime over and over again. Highly, highly recommend them. Yeah, Chris gave us these just because he loves the show and wanted to give us a pair of sandals, didn't ask us to review them at all, but we loved him so much. And I have gout. Oh, that's so right. So these things are amazing. It's like they massage your foot when you're walking. There's something about how they fit on your arch. It's really helped me. So we love them. Yeah. So we'll put it on Instagram, but these are the sports slides. And again, they make them in men's and women's. So it's a really good one. And we think that you guys will like them. Awesome. Number one, Ufos recovery sandals. All right, Jeff. Number two is something that, that I actually had this before. I sold it, and then now I just bought the new version of it, and it's more on the tech side of things. Okay. Yeah, so I'm really excited about this. So this might sound a little bit excessive, so I I can get that. So Jeff and I, we both are big fans of Garmin, and we both wear Garmin watches. I actually have a Phoenix, and so do you. I have a Phoenix, yeah, five. Yeah, so we wear them every day. We use them for trail running, but this one is actually a new version of an old version of of one of the Garmin watches, and it's called the, the Garmin Instinct. And what I like about this one, it's a little cheaper than the other garments that are out there. And if any of you guys maybe had some of the old school Timex watches, they look like that kind of style. But it's a, still, it's a great Garmin watch. But this one is actually, the newer version is actually a solar-powered version one. Solar-powered? Yeah. And it's got he, little solar panels uh, on top of it? It does. It's just like a little satellite. It pops out. No. But it, really, the face of the watch is actually a way to, it actually charges. So this sucker lasts for like days. So even on its fully charged, it just keeps on charging anytime it's around nighttime. So you can run your 100K without charging. Well, that's exactly why I got it. Because a lot of people have to carry battery packs or when they get their gear bags and that kind of stuff. So there's a couple of things about that that I like. And this is exactly, Jeff, to your point, why I got it. One for our 100K, two for longer runs, and it's always charging. It's also a military-grade watch. So the three different satellite positions it does, it has a wayfinding opportunity on there. So if you click on it and let's say you're out running a trail and you're like, where the heck am I? 
you can hit that button, it'll actually navigate you exactly where you started from. So you kind of like never get lost. And then it's military grade, so shock resistance, depth, water, all that kind of stuff. And then, Jeff, this is a really cool feature beyond the the thing. There's a stealth mode. Uh-oh. What does that mean, stealth mode? Yeah, this is really cool. So one thing. I'm so Look nerdy. I'm so nerdy. So one thing, the, the screen turns that like green, black color, you know, like from Tron or something. So it has that military stealth mode. But it shuts off all kinds of things. So satellites can't track you when you're in stealth mode. Ooh, so you can go sneak up on people. Exactly. So if we're running and we want to sneak up on somebody like Tim and he doesn't know where we are, we can just go in stealth mode. Just follow his hair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, so this is the Garmin Instinct Solar Watch. And again, what I like about it is it's not as expensive as some of the other Garmin watches, but really excited about it. I'll do a little review after I run in a couple times, but I'm really excited about it. It's a great watch. I've had a previous version of it. And typically what I'll do, Jeff, is I'll usually use a gear a little bit. If I want to upgrade, I'll sell it on Craigslist or you know Facebook, Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then get the new version of it. So that's what this one is. It's the Garmin Instinct Solar GPS watch, and it's brand new, hot on the market. Wow. No pun intended with the solar. Very exciting. Very yeah. exciting. Well, Jeff, I think you have one that you brought to my attention. So this is a kind of a different one. So so we went from high tech. We're going the exact opposite. <laughs> we are going as low tech as you can get. Yeah, I heard about this brand from a podcast that I listened to. And I had to try it out because the host of the podcast loved this product so very much. Uh-huh. He said it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's called... Goat milk <laughs> soap. Wait a minute. Are you serious? Yes. Goat milk soap. Goat milk soap. Okay. And goat is really the goat not greatest of all time. Although I would say this is the greatest soap of all time. It is the goat of soap. <laughs> yeah, this it's this small business, which I love. Uh-huh. In Indiana, it's a family. It's a family-run business. And they were raising goats and they... I think out of necessity, started creating <laughs> soaps out of it and found it to be free of chemicals and all that, which was important to them. Right. But also just an awesome soap, very nourishing of the skin and smelled really good. And so I'm like, oh, I got to order some of this. So I ordered the baby powder soap. <laughs> wow. And the tea tree shampoo soap. What? So what's shampoo soap? It's what? like a bar of soap. Right. And it does look like, a, we were laughing earlier, it looks like a piece of fudge, like a sliced a piece of fudge yeah if you guys go online i'm looking at it right now we'll, we'll put this all on instagram i mean i'm getting hungry it looks like <laughs> i'm at the fudge factory or one of those places like i want to eat this soap it looks delicious well this tea tree soap shampoo you basically rub it and you kind of get a sud like you would a bar of soap and right. you just use it as your shampoo it's awesome it wow. smells amazing well you look and smell amazing i so, look am I, I, my skin is so supple you have like a high pro glow going about you i mean <laughs> no, it really is an all kidding aside, I love it. It's awesome. It's not that expensive. They've got all different kinds of scents. And again, I love finding these really small family businesses that create just great products. Yeah. So check it out. Their website is goatmilkstuff.com. You know, it's funny, Jeff, is we didn't talk about that, this beforehand, but I mean, there is a lot of a lot of science around, you know, like soap and just the fact that you have something that's more organic and natural. Like, 
I didn't realize like how many chemicals and thing really are in soap that's actually not that great for you. Especially I would use the, like the shower gels and stuff. Yeah. And the chemicals they need to keep it in a liquid form are not good for you. Right. So I love this coat <laughs> milk soap. It's amazing. Wow. That is <laughs> very low tech. Uh, very low tech. So we went from solar to goats and now we have another it's amazing. one. It's amazing. All right. So now we've got another one that this is one that we were this brand we were introduced to and i will admit it's a little bit expensive but in my opinion jeff it's one of those things where it's an expensive thing but it's worth it and it's like high 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 quality and so this brand is called i believe again i'm pronouncing right vuori if that's correct it's a company out of california and they have lots of stuff on there. But the thing that you and I both love the best, Jeff, is these pants that they have. They're called the Sunday Performance Joggers. And these things are amazing. It's okay. So I'm just going to describe it. They're like the old school jogger pants. But what I love about them is they're super soft. They're super comfortable. They're not too thick, not too thin. And the benefit of it is they're not too tight and they're not too baggy. They're just like the perfect blend of all of those things. And they are just so comfortable. I've got a couple of pair of these. And pretty much until we went back to the office for work, I was living in these basically. So they're amazing. Yeah. For my birthday, my wife, Allison, asked Stephen, what, what should I get, Jeff? <laughs> and you told her about these. I got a pair of the gray ones. So I work from home still. Uh-huh. I wear them every day for work. <laughs> Now, I still prefer like to run. I don't run in them at all. Right. But the Path Project's by far the best shorts for running. But after running or, you know, working from home, yeah, these are awesome. Yeah. Like sometimes if I'm like getting up on a Sunday morning, you know, and get out of the shower, grab some coffee and you know, do a little bit of reading or that kind of stuff, I put these suckers on and they're amazing. And they're nice enough too, where if you need to go run a quick errand, you know, you can wear them out of the house. You know, they're not pajamas, but it's called the Sunday Performance Jogger. They've got tons of different colors. And again, they actually have them in women's and in men's. I love it. You know, Stephen, I've kind of changed a little bit of my philosophy. I think fewer things but better quality mm -hmm. like investing in a great yeti you know you got me that you didn't get me one but you, you got me onto that one small yeti cooler right got rid of all my other plastic coolers yeah just that one i just need that one right it's great quality it's gonna last forever yeah i do think there's something to that and again i know a lot of our listeners are in environmentally conscious and want to do better for the earth and stuff i know a lot of these big brands are looking at that like recycling things but buying something that's better is going to last longer i mean think about it if you would have bought four coolers over the course of four years versus having one for four years, you know, like the environmental impact and all that kind of stuff is pretty cool. So I'm a big fan of that. Well, that's four awesome things. We have a fifth one, Stephen. Okay. So fifth Very one. excited about this <laughs> yeah. one. So this is, a, this is one out of much pain and research and snobbery. And, and lots of samples of other things to, yes. to get to this. To get to this one. So this was not involving the data scientists. This is something that was my own personal mission. Okay, so Jeff, you know that I'm pretty particular about things. It's just, you know, who I am. So we joke about that. And there's one genre of things that I'm really kind of a snob about, and that's around coffee. Yeah, you're a coffee snob. We would have the free coffee at work when we used to work together. And yeah. you're like, uh, you'd bring in your Starbucks. I'm like, even they got free <laughs> coffee. Like, no, it's horrible. Yeah, it tastes like, you know, there's gas station coffee, and there's below that, and there's below that, and that's the work coffee. Yeah, so I admit, I'm a snob. I get it. I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm comfortable in, in that snobbery skin when it comes the coffee. 
So at home, I like different kinds of coffee. I like, I like pour over. I like to grind my own. You know, I like to go out and get my coffee. But every once in a while, we have one of those Keurig machines. So I also have an espresso. <laughs> so, of course you do. Yeah. But so the Keurig one, what I like about it, it's not my go-to all the time, but it's so fast. And if I'm late and I'm not going to have time to run by a coffee store, this, this is really good. But the problem, Jeff, was this. I would get the coffee and it tastes like that work coffee. It just wasn't very good or it was like watery. It's like, this is just dark water or it would taste like a chemical thing or we get these other kind and it's like it had hazelnut, but it tasted like, you know, I don't know what was in it, but just disgusting. So I went on this personal mission to try to find coffee and I finally found what I think is one of the best Keurig coffees out there. So you can get this on Amazon, but it's a company called San Francisco Bay Coffee. And what I like about this, Jeff, it's not very expensive, really, really good coffee. And the little capsules, you know, the little Keurig things that comes in, they're biodegradable. So everything about it is all natural, but the coffee is really, really good. And so they have a whole bunch of different kinds of beans you can get and they have ground stuff, but their Keurig version of their coffee is really, really good. I will vouch for this because I knew Stephen was a coffee snob. So I, we got a machine that has the craft so you can make a whole you know, big pot right. or or on the other side of it, I think it's a Hamilton Beach. Yeah. You can do the one onesie yeah. curry kind of a thing. Right. And we usually make the big pot in the morning, but then, you know, if I'm running out the door, I want just one cup. Right. It's like, Stephen, what kind of coffee do you like? And he told me about this, and this stuff is awesome. The Fog Chaser. Yeah. That's one of the flavors. My favorite by far. Yeah, the Fog Chaser plays. I mean, it's San Francisco Bay, so it's the right version. That'll do you right. If not, the data scientists will pay you back for it. I don't know where they live, but... Uh, we can't find them now. <laughs> we can't find them now. They're hidden in the data warehouse. Yeah, well, these are some of our favorite things. These are some of our new-ass stuff. So if you... You know, there's kind of a theme here, Jeff. You know, you have your Sunday, you, you know, you, you take your shower, your goat soap, you know, you get all nice and clean. <laughs> you put on your Sunday pants, you know, basically have a nice cup of coffee. With your recovery sandals on. With the recovery sandals on. And you're looking at the manual for your garment. You're you can't to figure out how to use you it. You to figure out how to use it. So there's a little bit of a scarlet thread there. But uh, anyway, we hope that you guys enjoy these. These are things that we authentically I've tried that we enjoy, that we own, and we use on a regular basis. So hopefully you will join us in liking these products. And I will list all these things in the show notes, and you'll probably post them on social media this week as well. That's right. Well, that's why this is such a popular segment, Stephen. Such value. I know. It's the least that we can do for our listeners. That's right. We're off for the next... Steven's new ass stuff in a couple of weeks. We got to get more gear. That's more stuff. I love that problem. Oh, darn. We'll have to go out and research. Well, with that, that is Steven's new ass stuff. Well, Steven, believe it or not, that is the end of episode number 47 of The Big Ass Runner. What a great episode. And it's so fun. Again, we love doing these. I just want to say thanks to Sheila. Like you said, Jeff, why I run is one of our favorite things we do. And, and I think most importantly, we just love hearing from our listeners, honestly. We do. We do. There's a couple of corrections, Stephen, that I wanted to make wait, wait, wait. before we close the episode. Are you saying that occasionally we might make errors or mispronounce something? <laughs> <laughs> Once a segment, 
which would equal many times an episode, I would say. Yeah, somebody once told us that it's kind of like if we are mispronouncing things, that that's on brand for us. That is definitely on brand for so, us. I mean, we're, we're not grammarians. I mean, come on. No. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either. Well, a couple of episodes ago, we had Timmy Time. Uh-huh. And Timmy Time so valiantly sang one of the Bonnie Tyler songs. Uh-huh. And I stated that Bonnie Tyler also sang Betty Davis Eyes. Right. Which is incorrect. Oh my goodness. I was going to ask you about that, Jeff, but I didn't want to. No, so, I have no clue. Yeah, so Joseph pointed out that Kim Carnes sang that. Of course she did. They have very similar raspy voices. Uh-huh. But I got that wrong. So thank you, Joseph, for pointing that out. But we did get something right, Stephen. In that same episode, <laughs> episode 45, we said that Michael Jack Michael Jackson. See? <laughs> that's on brand. Right. Michael Jordan. Right. Me being compared to him, I, I took offense to that. It became personal with me. War forty five when he came back. Right. And that is true because I read up on this a little bit. Wow. His father passed away between the time he retired and the time he came back. Right. And so he wanted to wear a different jersey because his dad wouldn't have seen him in 23. Uh-huh. And 45 was actually the jersey he wore as a kid. Right. So he wore 45, but that only lasted a few games. He went back to 23, and then he wore 23 with the Wizards as well. Oh, well, that makes sense because Michael Jackson was part of the Jackson 5. That makes total sense. <laughs> Somehow <laughs> that makes total sense. Right. Was there anything we want the Big Ass Runner listeners to do this week, Steven? Well, yeah. So we started something new just last week. We wanted to make sure everybody was aware of it. But we actually are on Spotify. So I know a lot of people listen to the podcast. And, you know, there's all different ways you can do with SoundCloud and, you know, Google and stuff. Uh, I think most popular people listen to the podcast through Apple Music. But, you know, we're actually on Spotify as well. And so you can go and, and search for there. But now if you go and search on Spotify, you'll see two things that will pop up. You'll see one, our podcast, but now we actually have a playlist. So all the music that Timmy Time sings or that we have in between the segments, we're going to start to post on that playlist. So if you're running and you want to listen along or hear, you know, maybe a lesser version of the song, because Tim obviously does a much better he job. Has the, he has the best version. Uh, right. He has the best version. Then we will be putting all of that on one big playlist and I'll just kind of keep on adding to that. So if you go to Spotify, just search for Big Ass Runner. You'll see it, our, our little logo on there and you'll see the podcast and also the playlist. That's awesome, Stephen. Well, a couple of thanks. We want to thank our partners, Path Projects. By the way, how is your Father's Day Path Project stuff? You know, it's good. I actually have my hat that I ordered, and I love it. I actually think it's one of the most comfortable hats I've had from them. So yeah, their shorts or their hats can't beat them. Yeah, absolutely. And also Vander jackets. Of course, I've got my Vander vests. <laughs> Vander vests are amazing. Yes, it's the best vest out there. <laughs> it certainly is. And a big thanks to our audio engineer, Steve Slim Shady Saunders. Yes, please stand up. Freak out, y'all. Well, with that, that is the conclusion to episode number 47. Again, we just want to say thank you to all the listeners out there. We really appreciate it as we've seen the podcast continue to grow. Uh, we're just really excited about there. So, Get out there, enjoy those trails, and keep running your asses off. We have several different runner, different listeners up there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I thought Denver was in Denver. Colorado? No, he's in Michigan. Oh, really? Yeah. I was very uncomfortable. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, okay, they're just going to pop a cap. Or crown, pop a crown. <laughs>
This is the most awkward feeling I've ever had because I'm expecting this glistening, right? This, nice white enamel, right? Yeah, this glistening, not glistening, but glistening tooth. These are products that Jeff and I like and that you, that we actually physically own that we've paid our own money for, hard earned money. No, none of these have been donated. That none of them have been donated. Um, what's that? That's not actually true. I was going to say. It's like it had hazelnut, but it tasted like, you know, I don't know what was in it, but just disgusting. Like pine soil and coffee. I don't know what it was, but it was disgusting. Pine soil? Yeah. Nice. Pine soil? Oh, pine soil. Probably (laughs) soil too. Both of them. Yeah. It smelled like it. Giraffe? What's it called? What's that called? Uh, A craft. Carafe? Yeah, carafe. Yes. It makes a a giraffe. It's so long. It's just... (laughs) It's the longest... (laughs) 